Talk Radio with the best host in the biz. Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com.
there was not going to be any stepping back. There was every step forward, and people were willing to make major sacrifices in order to get where they were going. So as we talk about the 1960s and the people who stepped forward, um, you know, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, uh, people making sure that people understood uh, that they were not bowing down or becoming second-class citizens. They were ready and prepared to wage the kind of wars that were going to get them success, even though it didn't have to be to a lot of violence. You know, what, what was your, what is your recollection of the 1960s, D? Whoa, whoa. Good gracious. Man, I'm telling you. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, James, uh, you have really uh, opened up the Pandora's box of greatness. Uh, the 60s into the 70s can and will and should be considered our greatest generation. Um, the 60s, I was born in 1956, and uh, I was uh, in the second grade when JFK was killed. Um, and for for that to happen, uh, of course, he was killed before Martin was killed. And but for that to happen, um, my grandparents uh, had a enormous fear, an enormous fear that our quest had been stifled. Um, you can um, you can say for whatever reason Kennedy was killed. I believe that his uh, interest, and he really didn't have an interest. He was badgered interested by Martin and his party. Really didn't have an interest. Uh, Robert Kennedy, even though the three of them uh, can be seen in your grandmother's and great-grandmother's living room, the three of them together, the Kennedy boys really didn't have an interest. Uh, Robert Kennedy really didn't care much for Martin movement. But the fact that they had to uh, they had to become aware of it because of the the uh, nonstop of violence committed toward black people, the, the sticking of the dogs on them and the fire hoses and uh, beating them in the head with, with billy, billy clubs and and women being beat. Uh, America could not ignore that, especially through, with the help of television. Uh, when CBS came part of the of, uh the, the the talking point for the movement, then everybody had to pay attention. That's why I say that's why I say all the time that if you want your cause to be heard, it has to cross over to get the sympathy or the admiration of white America. And in that, uh, so when when Kennedy was killed, um, my grandparents had had this fear that uh, that our quest would stifle. Then um, Martin, uh, either it was Coretta, Scott King, uh, uh, stayed on Lyndon Baines Johnson to see it through. I remember uh, uh, I was I was born in Macon, Georgia, southeast southeast Georgia, 
Uh, and Lyndon Johnson came to our town. Uh, the population at that time was probably 100,000. And he stood at, on the grounds of the courthouse. And I'm talking about it was about 500,000 people there because they knew he was coming. And he promised to see it through, the civil rights, um, the, the civil rights uh, law. He promised to see it through. So in all in all, it was our greatest generation, man. Look, uh, you know, you've heard me say, and people kind of shun at this when I say this, you know, we were better uh, focused on what it was that we needed to do when we was Negroes. Uh, Muhammad Ali Cassius Clay actually was a black man. Uh, it was after after the, the death of uh, Malcolm and Martin that he came into his own. And I'm telling you what, man, I'm going to put it to you like this. Muhammad Ali was like a was like my daddy. Uh, he was catching clear at the time. The way he stood up and told people what he wanted to, wanted them to hear, and then back down to nobody, that was the admiration that I wanted as a father. And that's how that's how powerful that was to me. So, and uh, and so uh, it it was great, man. It was great times, you know. And that and that's the person that I am. That's the person that I am. Um, so, to answer your question, um, that that was our greatest generation. Thank you, James. When you go back and you listen to some of those tapes of those people and how they spoke, you know, you had here you had Muhammad Ali, who was not a college educated man, but yet was an was an auditor of truth and that when he spoke he created a situation where you had no other choice but to listen and he was able to describe racism so well that it encouraged African Americans uh, to behave similar to him you know I don't know where we lost the ability to look like queens and kings. You know, you every time you see this man, when he was in the ring, he'd comb his hair and tell you about how beautiful he was. And he always dressed so respectfully and carried himself so greatly. And, and so, you know, we lost some of that. I mean, there was a time when African Americans didn't walk out their house Unless they were re- they they represented themselves as well as their family in in the most positive light they could, and some of these and a lot of these men spoke so with such eloquency and with with such respect, and it, it it you know you have to ask yourself what happened to all of that, why are we uh, so challenged now? to find the kind of leadership that was created during that time. You know, why have we lost the ability to identify people who are willing to stand up and be counted in the twenty in twenty eighteen when it seemed so easily in the nineteen sixties and the nineteen seventies? Uh it, it concerns me that uh our quality of leadership has somehow uh, gone backwards and that people are not 
prepared to use their platforms in the same way that the leaders in the 1960s and 70s used theirs and were able to galvanize the leaders, the, the people, to just walk behind them no matter what. And so, D, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what do we have to do uh, to get back to that time where we had quality leadership and quality people to follow who would take us where we needed to go? Well, you know, uh, Jane, that's a super question. And um, and I think the immediate answer is that uh, when Martin was killed and when Malcolm was killed, uh, they did that on purpose, right? Um, you know, to them, to them, and I'm going to put this in the way that they think uh, or the way they thought. I'm going to put it back in the days of Jim Crow. Uh, the way they thought was if you if you chop off the head of the snake, then the body will die. And to them, that that, that is what happened. Uh, in retrospect, though, uh, the mentality and the resentment that you see for uh, that you see black people have for them is a direct result of that. Because now, if you can imagine, if Martin was still alive today, this would be a different world. If Martin was alive today, uh, black people would have a, a real sense of ID and all of that. It would be a different world, okay? But when they when they killed Martin, or when they killed Malcolm, then they killed Martin, and the black power movement moved in. And I, I said that, and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I've said that before, and I'm going to stick to that. When the black power movement moved in, by any means necessary, that's uh, that's the anger that you see still, and this is the anger that they have to deal with today. All right. So, uh, but what happened? Yes, what happened to that? We allow things to change. One of which, one of which is we allow we allowed the hip hop era to come in, uh, and and change our outlook on what we should not be doing. We allow what. We allow anything and everything to happen. Uh, the other thing that I I can see better now that we allow that we did not do is listen more to the uh, Islamic nation. We did not listen to them. Um, you know I'm a Christian, but we did not listen to them. Uh, they were was trying to forewarn us that their their way of doing so was a little bit radical, and we uh, we we did embrace integration at that time and and for the economic uh difference or improvement we we embraced that so we did not want to listen to them however uh fast forwarding 50 years we're getting exactly what they said that we should be uh 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 pay more attention to so we get exactly what they said it was like they they were like prophets actually thank you james Reverend Smith, you know, I, I, when I, I had the opportunity today to listen to uh, Muhammad Ali and listen to how eloquently he talked about what the race war was all about. And I sit there and listen at how African-Americans during the 60s and 70s used their platform in a way to, to galvanize us uh, and pull us together 
and we were prepared to wage war on every front that they selected or they they talked about. And now we have more and more people whose voices can be heard, who have millions of dollars and millions of following, but yet they don't speak in a way that galvanizes us. Uh, Conway West uh, doesn't speak in a way that's going to bring us together, but we have millions of people like him that seemingly sit quiet and don't give us the direction that we need to go in any major way or get anything majorly accomplished. Uh, We have Black Lives Matter, but they're not being supported by the multitude. Uh, Who are we going to support or who's going to gain our support if we can't get any of these people who have our ear to give us any direction? Are you there, Reverend Smith? Yeah, I'm here, James. Say good evening to everyone. I'm glad to hear your voices again. And I've been going through some things. Uh, my best friend died over home. And uh, the week before he died, he had just buried his own daughter. Uh, so he died after right after she did. And it's just been kind of hard, so. But we thank God that uh, everything is in God's hand. Um, I heard what you all were speaking about, and I read the article and listened listened to the YouTube on Muhammad Ali, Mm. which he spoke truth to power, which is almost doesn't happen anymore because we don't have anyone uh, that I know of right now with the with that kind of brass to speak up. We we have become so complacent with our uh, elite white counterparts until we don't even really want to be identified as African-Americans anymore to a certain extent. We talk all that trash and we put out these records and we play basketball and football. And, but basically when we stop and look at what's going on, most of our athletes are not even marrying the, our sisters. Uh, the sisters are having to fend for themselves after they have gone and probably impregnated several of them before they reach their pinnacle of making a lot of money instead of making them be the wife, letting them be the wife or whoever. Uh, we, we, we've lost our identity, and at the same time when we've lost our identity, our younger generation has also, after being um, 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 put into a, a, a place where they themselves right now are uh, uh, be, taking role models from sports and other lot people with lots of money, like the rappers and others, and so they see what they are doing. And most all, most of the rappers and the other people they are marrying the whites, and so our younger folks are falling into the same barrel. I don't say who you marry. I mean that's your business. I say as long as it's real love and true love and not 
monetary love and physical love. Only God knows your heart. I cannot judge that. But I can judge the con- the character. Your character speaks loud. And right now, we as blacks, our character is really not speaking to us. I was listening at Trump today as he spoke to the NRA, and he said it, and it is true. Now he was 9% last time he um Went to that that they went to the polls to make him president. Now blacks are at twenty two percent. They confirmed that on MSNBC that the black voters have turned toward Trump. I can't understand that, but I do really understand it. But I don't understand it in, in my rationale way. Okay, so it's it's just difficult. Um, we don't have those people, James, anymore. We can sit up here and we can talk about Martin and one of the greatest. He was Moses. Martin was a Moses sent by God, okay? And, and, and God didn't have to stop him from going into the promised land. The, the, the people did. Maker Edwards and all of the other These that we call ourselves have now, they are, they are all out for money, every last one of them. And if you all don't know it, you, you're sad. But I tell you, it's just sad that we're going in the direction we're going, and we're going farther and farther behind. Anytime a black person can actually go to a voting booth and pull a lever for an individual with the attitude and mentality and uh, concern and, and foolishness of Trump, we got a problem. We got a problem. And we do have a problem. So that, that's about all I can say. And like I said again, God bless you all. I'm glad to be here with you today. And may God continue to bless you. Keep me in prayer, please. Uh, we will, and we're so thankful that you're back here with us. It is a uh, problem uh, when we suggest there was leadership all over the place which was giving us the incentive to do what we needed to do in the 60s and 70s. And people were following Martin Luther King uh, and, and Groves, and leadership was being born from his direction. And it just seems to me that we have some issues that we need to deal with, and it may be that so many of us have found a peace of the apple pie that we somehow or another think that we don't still need to fight. And it is my understanding or my belief that somehow or another we got to go back and recreate the type of incentives uh, that were giving us the strength to move forward in the 60s and 70s. Uh, we have more people now being uh, treated unfairly than ever before, but yet we don't have the ability to galvanize ourselves or put our money where our mouth is. There's something wrong with us being able to put our mouth, our money to uh, some of the leadership or people in place, put their money together for the uh, high school shooting, but yet are not putting their money forward uh, in enough amounts to make a difference related to black people being gone down in the streets. 
And so I just question where we are uh, in terms of the fact that our leaders are not stepping forward and having their voices heard. When I listen to uh, to do, uh, gosh, uh, say it loud, and I'm black and I'm proud, and I and I um, and our entertainers taking the forefront to give us music uh, to to help us get to where we were going. James Brown, I don't know why I'm just all of a sudden. These were people who got themselves made sure that they were singing the kind of music that made us feel proud of ourselves and ready and prepared to get out in there and do what we needed to do. So, gee, why are entertainers now dropping the ball and not seeing the need uh, to be a part of the movement? Well, there's, there's, a, there's a major disconnect between the generations. Um, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali, James Brown, they were spark plugs. And they they picked up the mantle or they picked up the baton that was dropped and and they used their platform to to the extent that they knew they were gonna be heard. Um, you know, um you know, um and and, and listening to the Reverend Smith speaking and, and wonderful to have you back with Reverend Smith. You you was missed. Um, you know, we have to understand how diligent uh, the people that that we are at spiritual war with, how how diligent they are. Uh, they try everything they can to disenchant us, to keep us disenchanted. You know, uh, when uh, Trump ran for office uh, after nine eleven, uh, they made sure that they used the the correct words and phrases to um, to knock down the inner respect that we may have had for the nation of Islam. They uh, they eradicated that right away. You know, and I when I say that, I mean what I mean is when you when you say where is everybody? Uh, everybody was in abundance in the sixties and seventies and eighties. Well, you know, right now I would give all I have to have Louis Farrakhan come back. I really would, because I love my people just that much. I love what we could have had, but I I am so disheartened about what we've lost. And so they was there. They was there. But in, in the same breath that I'm saying this, now they have done all that they can to make sure that if they ever were to step on stage again to try to galvanize us, they will be surely hated because they are of this mindset that they are the enemy, just like just like the press, the the the, the enemy of the state. So they're using they pull they're pulling out all the stops, and so the people that they are talking to now, remember, the people that they are talking to are like sheep without a brain. They have to be told what to think, and and so and they are the masses. They are they are the masses in this country. Black people only take up about ten percent of this country. So when you got Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and the Evangelical Church, especially them, it's it's becoming real evident to me now that they have been here long enough to be the shepherd of this nation. 
They tell them everything to think. They tell white people everything they should think. Just like when you asked me yesterday, well, what are they doing now, now that the White House seems to be in, in, in shambles? Well, they're going back to the gospel. They're not even talking about nothing. They're going back to the gospel to reestablish that base. So, uh, you know, so like I say, uh, I, I would give up most of everything I have to get Louis Farrakhan back to the teachings because he he became a, a much better teacher. He he cut he cut down on the rhetoric and started teaching, and that's what we're missing. Uh, our black youth are ill informed, and I think that's what we're missing the most. Thank you, uh, Regina. Let me go to you, and I know that you and I are close to the age, and we're talking about the power that existed for Americans in the 60s and the 70s, and so much of that seems lost right now, that there is nobody to truly galvanize us as a people and show the power that exists within our spirit. Right now, we have people just uh, just seemingly walking around in, 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 as though there's no issues that need to be waged and no battle that needs to be fought. And nobody seems to be able to pull us together. Here we are with more money than we've ever had before, but we cannot galvanize a force to do our bidding. Uh, the, uh, Black Lives Matter is struggling to exist when we got all this money that we can do anything with. And we have all these entertainers who have a platform but don't want us, and the ones speaking are taking us backwards. So how can we move forward when the people who have the ability are sitting quiet or spewing nonsense? Good evening. Um, you know, um, James, I hear what you're saying. And as you're talking, I'm I'm just I'm just shaking my head because um, I, I hear what you're saying, but right here in um, Colombia, it is. It, I mean, I'm what what you're saying is not happening in the circle that I'm working in, and I know it. it in comparison to the the, the city. Or the state, it's small. It's a small start, <clears throat> but it's also big. I am empowering our neighborhood. Right now, I'm running around collecting money from people calling me to donate to a big block party that we're having tomorrow. We're doing voter registration, voter education. And in South Carolina, we have picture voter registration cards. So we're doing that tomorrow. But, you know, we're focusing on felons, convicted felons, people who have served their times and who don't believe they can vote. And we're letting them know. That's empowering people. And if those people see that I care, they're like, hey, Miss Regina, hey, this, hey, that. So we've got to start small, but we've got to be sincere. We've got to listen to what people's viewpoints are and, and work with those people to show them that there's another way, there's a better way, there's a different way. 
start small right there where you are, and it will it will just blossom. It'll blossom because it'll be like a bud, and it'll be so so tight in that encasing that it'll just burst open. And that's what we've got to do. We've just got to be there and be available to to show those people who are living in darkness, the darkness of ignorance, show them the right way. Shay, let me uh, ask you, because you're an important aspect of of what's going on right now, and you're young enough to give me um, some information that I just don't have. Uh, I was born in 1960, and in the 1960s and 1970s, we had entertainers and athletes uh, that were really a part of the battle to find equality for African Americans, and they were willing to make sacrifices and give us guidance and, and, and get us going and galvanizing us. Give me your honest opinion. Uh, who do you see out there uh, in terms of uh, rich entertainers and rich athletes who are out there doing the bidding that you believe they should be doing for African Americans and people of color? Hi, everyone. How y'all doing? Um, who, as far as celebrities? Um, well, Shay, what, what I'm saying, and I'm being, being, I'm criticizing the people who, you know, we got our entertainers out there who got millions. And when I go back and I look at um, Muhammad Ali and James Brown and, and uh, all, uh, just a host of other people who, you know, sent you Portier, and uh, the list goes on and on. But, you know, I I just wonder, do you see that same level of commitment historically in the people who got millions and millions of dollars now who are willing to support the black cause? No, not at all. Um I haven't compared to the statue of the ones that you mentioned. In my opinion, no, I haven't seen it. Now, you may have a few that voice their concerns and their thoughts, you know, in reference to um, the president and so forth, but actually using your platform to to make your voice heard to say, hey, we need to get out here and do this, y'all, no, I, I haven't seen it much. At one point in time, you could say Kanye West, but um, he done took a turn for the worst. So I, I would say there. Yes. And, and Shay, what is important to know is, is that people like Muhammad Ali put their careers on the line. They put their lives on the line for us. Uh, they weren't willing to, they, they were just willing to, to say what needed to be said and do what was really needed to be done. And, D, right now we just don't, you know, we got people, we got we got thousands of people who are millionaires. Uh, uh, we're a lot richer than we were in the 60s, but we, not have, we don't have people who are willing to fight the fight.
Uh, Reverend Smith, are you there? I think we lost Steve. Yeah, I'm here. Uh-huh. Hello? I'm here. Go ahead. We just don't seem to be, yeah. we don't seem to have people who are willing to fight the fight. You know my thing is that, James, is kind of, you know what my greatest disappointment with us as a people, and like you're saying, those people that have the monies and the abilities and the platform, how we left uh, Colin Kaepernick out there to hang out the dry. We threw him under the bus. They threw him under the bus. I think the football union, and I think the football, basketball, and baseball players and whoever else is black out there, because let me tell you something. 90% of those teams are black. Do you not know they could have got peace out of confusion if they had wanted to? If they had stood up. All they had to do was stand This boy put his whole, and he's not even, you know, he, he, he just, I don't know. He, he's not, to me, he's not fully, um, he's not fully black. He's probably half and half, which is fine. He's black as far as everybody's concerned. But what I'm saying is, no, they, they knelt down with him for a little while, but this boy can't even get a job in the union, in the players. Nobody, they talk about it, but nobody is standing up for it. And that's not fair to him. That's not fair to him. You know, it's not fair to his his, his wife, if he got one. It's not fair to his children that's probably going to grow up and find out that their daddy stood up for us. But because this man comes on television and calls all of them that don't stand up an SOB, Everybody got scared, and then you had people like the owner of the New England Patriots and others who stood with this man. Now, I, I, I can't see it. I mean, how much money do it take for you to survive? You already got $10, $15, 20000000 million. Why can't you let your voice be heard, okay? They are not going to fire all of you because that would be totally chaos. That would be an impossible. We don't know how powerful powerful we are, James, and we don't know what our money is. We are afraid because we go to play golf with these people, thinking they care about us. We go to they go to their homes of dinner with. We think they care about us. Uh, we go and do a lot of other things with them, but we don't go out and get a whole lot. They come and put on a football, a baseball, a basketball uh, uh, clinic every 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 year, but you don't hear or see from them anymore. Not like a Bill Gates who's sitting around sending children to college. Uh, possibly a Michael uh, Michael Irvin who's sending kids to college. And stuff. We they just we're just not we we don't we don't know how to handle the monies. And what has happened is I don't know whether you all know it, but I'm pretty sure you do. It's a known fact around these cities of New York, California, and other places that these people take a, they have their bodyguards have fifty to a hundred thousand dollars cash in briefcases when they go out to party. Would you believe that? Would you believe that they take cash money out like that to party at these darn places 
And when they leave, they go home with several women and a bunch of guys and stuff. That's all they're caring about, the popularity of themselves. So I, I don't feel sorry for them when something happened to them, but I'm really upset with all the buying power that we have, all the buying power that we have. We refuse to boycott anybody, anybody. I don't understand that. We're the ones that make these people wealthy, wealthy, but we're not doing a thing about it, and that's that's just sad. And we think God's going to bless us? No, He's not going to bless the foolishness we're doing. What little bit of money I got, it don't belong to me. It belongs to God. I want to keep some up so I can pay my bills, but after that, I could care less. I could care less. So I, I do the best See, I can in helping people. You know, there may be some people who get angry about what I'm about to say, but D, I want you to evaluate where we are related to where we've been. There was a time when the NAACP had a voice, a voice that oh, was no. feared and a voice that had <laughs> to be contended with. Now, why yeah. in the world in 2018 – don't we have an organization that can speak as loud as the NRA? We got more millionaires now than we've ever had. The general uh, population is, of, of African Americans is making more money than they ever had. How in the world is it that our organizations are going are less powerful now than they were in the sixties and seventies? Oh boy, Beverly Smith, I hear you in the background about that. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know, James. Uh, you know, it, 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 I think it's, fa- it's fair to say that um, the leaders of the NWCP, and I'm not even sure who they are now, and maybe that's part of the problem, um, they, they're not boisterous enough to come out and say anything. And, uh, you know, and why is that? Because probably uh, they've been scared up. You know, every time they say something, every time Jesse used to say something, uh, they would they would they would be called political. Uh, I'm sorry, they would be called uh, um, uh, was it, it was advertising um, publicity. I'm sorry, it would be called publicity whores by Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, and anybody that has a voice. Of of a of hundred thousand people on more, the people that are syndicated. Anytime the NWA would say something, they would be called publicity whores. And so, in in that respect, I think they've been scared up. They've been scared not to say nothing. Uh, which is a which is a crying shame, you know. Um, you know, you mentioned uh the uh, the, the group or the outfit. I won't call them outfit because they hadn't really established themselves yet. The, the outfit of uh, Black Lives Matter. And, you know, it, had they had, if they, had, if they would have had their head on straight and been organized in a real kind of way, they could really make a difference. And they probably still can. The, 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 the problem is they came out wrong. Uh, they came out in the wrong way where they did not establish respect. So, you know, but uh, they're still alive, but... Uh, Again, these people that are syndicated over the airwaves, 
they're going to try to cut you down every time, every time you open your mouth. So going forward, I think the, the idea of the strategy should be is you know that they are there. You know that these people are there with the, with the golden microphone and, and, the, and the, the established base. You know that they are there. You know that everything you say, they're going to try to cut your feet from up on you. We have to do like Miss uh, Miss uh, Miss Audrey would say, not get distracted by that. Uh, secondly, um, you know, Facebook. I think that all of us should go on Facebook and do what we do best, and that is teach. Because you know, Facebook is a new frontier. Let's let's not be fooled now. Facebook is a new frontier. Social media is a new frontier. We can't wait for them to come to us. We got to go to them. All you have to do is go on and post knowledge and common sense. And and in that, uh, uh, that's going to be those that we're going to see to be flourished and to be uh, cultivated. We got to plant the seed. They're there. They just don't know what to think, and they don't know what to do. They don't know what to talk. They don't know how to talk. The last night, like last, yesterday, we said they don't know how to do. It is our job to teach them how to do, and we and and so again, Facebook and social media is the new frontier. Let's take advantage of it. Thank you. Uh, Shay, let me ask you. Uh, think your options are when you think your rights have been violated. Is there an organization or a place that you feel like you can go to to get your issues heard? I mean, here you are, 28 years of age. You're still fighting for your career and getting, you know, getting established what it is that you want out of your life. But if someone was to violate your uh, your rights, what organization is available to you to get uh, that heard or corrected? Um. I honestly can't say. Um, where I'm say that's the problem. Uh, I asked that because I really just wanted your honest opinion, and it's a shame that you feel that way. I mean, there ought to mm-hmm. be a place that we can go, and there is no place for your generation uh, that was created, and it's sad because, again, we got more money than we ever had before, and you shouldn't be out there vulnerable. Right. I'm thinking the like. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead and finish, Jay. I was just uh, sitting here thinking like, there is. Who do I? Who do I have in my corner to? Go to if my rights were, but I don't. There's no, there's no outlet. There's no I could think of right off the top of my head. Um, hmm. I honestly don't know. And, and see, the problem is the only place you have to go may require that you have money because you may have to hire a lawyer, and that's not. You should not be in that position, Reverend Smith. That is part of the problem. We have not uh, gotten together and created an organization that will help those who don't have money.
Reverend Smith? D, what is your thoughts about I'm that? here. Being I'm here, James. I'm okay, here. Go ahead, Reverend Smith. I have my phone on mute again. But but you you're right about that, Jane, but the whole thing that you you're speaking in terms of us coming together and getting an organ that we we've had we have organizations. We just got to put the right people in the right positions who have the gut and the gumptions of that that was called by God to do these things. Okay? We we have people that are just there now because they're what we call figureheads. They are figureheads. They're not doing a thing in none of these. And the, the, the one person that might would have done something, but I don't trust him either, they gave him a show on television so he would be able to, would be, you know, not get too bold and flashy with his, with his, with his speaking. You know, so it, it's, 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 it's a money game out there anymore. And we who have not ever been in positions to have this money, it's a shame. It's a shame that a young lady like Shay don't have, can't just come off the top of her head and say, I'll go to this person, I'll go to that organization. She can't even think of an organization that, and, and it's true, there are no organizations, Shay, out there. There are none. They got the name and name only. But as far as the gumptions and the guts to stand up, they do not exist anymore. So we're sorry. We're sorry. I know I'm sorry, Shay, that we didn't stand up when we had an opportunity so that you and my children and my grandchildren and others' great children and grandchildren would have someone. What happens to our, what happens to Shay and the rest of the young, younger ones when we pass? So we've got to start trying to make a make an inroad to some of these individuals who have the funds. Get them to start a corporation of, of for for purposes of fighting some inequalities and 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 foolishness that that's coming out against us, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. So. That, I, whatever we're we're talking about, you're right, James. It's it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. D. It seems like to me that the NAACP is just about raising money and keeping themselves uh, enough in the the uh, public eye just to be an organization, but they don't seem to have very much meaning or effectiveness to be on the world stage. So uh, here we are, Shay saying, hey, I, I, I don't see her. She, there has to be some local NAACP, but they're not, they're not uh, loud enough or big enough to do anything if she needs any help. And we certainly don't see them on, on the world stage uh, saying no. anything or doing anything of any great significance. Uh, so... Where are we? Where is our NRA? All this money we got, where is the uh, the colored people's NRA 
to uh to stand up and be counted as we need it. There's too many people with significant income to, for us to be in this position, G. You know, uh, to uh, Pastor Smith's credit, you know, uh, the, the only answer to that is everybody in these organizations, and mind you now, these organizations, these organizations are already established. These organizations already have recognition and followers, people that would follow them, if they put forth the effort to show that they are still interested. And that's the sad part about it, you know. Um, and if uh, if they were smart, the best way to show that you want to reinvent yourself and be a part of this new crisis in a positive way, they should uh, what they should do is go forth and, and change their name, where there won't be no more the name of the National Advancement of Colored People, the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People. They should be for all people, uh, people in need, right? So they should, they should use that platform to establish that first, all right? If they would do that, you know, when Ms. Shea said that uh, who is there, who's in their corner, who's in her corner, who can she turn to? You know, if the NAACP hadn't been had the right mindset to galvanize and bring forth our money, like Tyrone said when he was here, that we don't trust each other well enough to do anything, they are the perfect platform to be trusted if they would come together and earn that trust. You know, if uh, if they had done so and had um, had well-qualified lawyers on their team and staff, a lot of these uh, shootings that went down would not go unjust. Because when these families had to go and buy their own lawyer, they had to buy the lawyer that their money could buy, and then that lawyer was ill-equipped, ill-informed, and would go into the uh, courtroom and and try to get a guilty plea on first-degree murder. Can't do that. You know, had they gone for manslaughter, a lot of these people would be in jail. But by them being ill-informed, ill-trained, or whatever the reason was, that was the problem. So the NAACP or Black Lives Matter or whoever were to get their head straight, get their head back in the game, get their head out of their own ass, and try to get back in the fight of things, then establishing a, a, a legal team for the people, the people that have not, I think that would be a great step in the right direction. Say, let me ask you again, because you're in a different time or place. What what do you see as the need of the black community to to have to? What kind of organization needs to be created or developed? Uh, to have some true meaning uh, to what is going on in the world related to the way you see it. Um, can you re- can you repeat that? I'm not sure if I'm quite understanding what you're asking. 
what I'm saying is that you see the world and all the things that are going on, and you're saying you don't have uh, anybody that you can uh, to identify that can help you. What 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 do you what kind of organization do you believe needs to be created to help the the, the issues that are happening in the black community? Oh, okay, I get it. Um, what going back to what she said, the uh, NAACP it needs to be anybody that's in need because that's really what they were founded for to help go help the cause. Monetary wise, and not only just be about it, or I mean, not talk about it, but actually do something. So, the people just need to be reformed. Because, like um, the Reverend said, it seems like they're just basically collecting money and not really using their platform to help the issue. They're actually making it worse, if you ask me. So, I would say the uh, something like the NAACP, this reformation needs to take place. Now, exactly what it's going to take, I'm not quite sure. Because nowadays it seems like if you have a platform, you kind of restrict it to what you can say or do out of, I guess, fear of the repercussions of it or whether you're going to lose uh, your um, 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 assets to it. So I, the end of the season with reformation. And and I think you're right. Yeah, I think when I think about when I listen to your statement and what you said, you know, we need to maybe uh, see and uh, Reverend, if I want to speak on this. We may need to go back and really review some of the issues or some of the things that the Black Panthers were committed to and see if we can somehow merge these uh, entities so that we think about we're about doing what it takes to educate the youth, uh, to uh, feed the youth and the hungry, and to be prepared to fight war for those who have been wrong. What are your thoughts about that, Reverend Silver? Like, us going back and revamping, like uh, G said, maybe we need to rename a national organization that is truly ready and prepared to go into the future. Are you there, Reverend Silver? I'm here, James. Don't go on it up. Keep on getting to take it off of me. Uh, but, yeah, D was, was definitely correct when he was stating about the uh, legal team that they have. Uh, most of these guys, uh, organizations that we did have, they had some excellent legal uh, help. Thurgood Marshall and all the other people that was out there fighting hard for what we uh, were supposed to be about. Nowadays, I don't, I never, I don't even know if they got a lawyer. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I never heard, hear, you don't hear anything about them anymore, except like you said, when they're going to have a banquet 
Are they trying to raise some money or something like that? You don't hear about them anymore. And that makes it sad uh, because you have people like a young lady, Shay, who is definitely in a, in a lost world right now with a bunch of folks who's not doing anything constructive. We're not doing anything constructive for the younger people. And we do have a lot of people out there who are actually getting wealthy off of these dues that our people are paying to them, but they're not doing anything to help at all, at all. And until they get a legal, like, that was a, I didn't think of that myself, but D is 100% right. Until they get a legal structure, good legal team, people that are not afraid and won't be bought off, you see, the one thing the other folk know about us, you put dangle enough money in our face, and we will, we will, we will run to it, okay? Most of us. And once we get past that, maybe we can one day, I hope it won't be too late, do something constructive for our young people that's growing up. Uh, but right now, I don't even see an out for it, James. I don't see an out for it. No matter what we say or how many days we discuss it, I don't see an out right now because our people have lost their way. And the church, the ch- every one of our great leaders came out of the church. Every one of them. But these church leaders nowadays are doing the same identical thing as others do. They out for their money, and they don't care about nothing but how rich they can get. And they're not worried about the people, none of them. And that's just the way it is. We we have to be prepared and ready to fight on all sides, and we just don't seem to have the ability uh, to go to a place and, and at any one time and have our, our voices heard to the level that sparks fear. Uh, I don't think anybody is afraid of us anymore. They're not. Well, you know, uh, and I hope you all can hear me. I'm, I'm in the backwoods uh, headed home. Look, uh, Pastor Smith said it right. Um, you know, uh, if, if, if people understood that Donald Trump was was elected for a reason, and the reason was that uh, white America was sick and tired of the concept of being politically correct. I mean, they had to hold their tongue, and they don't like doing that. All right. All right. That being said, in retrospect, political correctness has be, has become a crutch for black folks, apparently, because for somebody like T.D. Jakes. And and Creblo daughter, and anybody mm-hmm. else that's been in the ministry for fifty, sixty years, and and have benefited from the faith of black people, for them not mm-hmm. to be in a position to step out and say something, or or be about something. Now is your chance to be about something. You talk about it. Now you 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 got the mega church. You got three services of ten thousand people each service. But you can't be about it now? 
It don't make sense. Mm-hmm. So it don't, don't so make sense. It, it, it don't make no sense. So it must be some some credence to what Pastor Smith is saying. It must be about all the money. Please prove us wrong. That's what it is. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm standing by. Prove me wrong. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, it, That's it, what is it is obvious that they have a stage. They could use their stage. Uh, they could uh, build momentum with other like people, but they have chosen to stay quiet and just say, hey, we, we let's just enjoy where we are. Uh, I'm sorry we, we're not capable or willing uh, to put forth a movement uh, to make the same kind of difference that the leadership did in the 60s and 70s, but we're mm-hmm. benefiting from what they created, but we're not willing uh, to create anything that is going to stand up to the present government or to to the United States of the world. Why can't we have something that talks about world issues? Why can't we say something or do something about what happened, is happening in Africa or any other place where we need to have uh, an ability? We got too many rich people fat-catting it and not willing to do what is necessary to make this world different. Mm-hmm. So, Shay, we should apologize to you and your generation and the generations after you that we all we wanted to do was get to the point where we ha- we've had, we got a good living and we can buy any car we want to uh, or, or live anywhere we want to, but we don't care I enough about you, the generations behind us to, to, to put our butts on the line. I agree. Amen. Amen. Let's Amen. take a break and we'll come back and continue our conversation. You know, it's it just when the truth is the truth, it's sometimes difficult to understand why it's like that. Because we know that there are some people out there with so much money that they will never, never, they will Spend never. Out. So why are they not doing something? Amen. God bless you all. I have to go. Talk to you tomorrow.
This is James Peter Shea, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. Brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. Uh, D, you and I are here alone right now. And so, uh, D, what what are your final thoughts about this evening and where we, you know, the things we had to say? And um, there truly are some people, I'm sure, who are not happy about some of the things uh, we said. Well, James, you know, that's the whole daggone point. Everybody can't be happy about the truth. And, and, and you know, everybody can't handle the truth. Uh, like I said last night, uh, we have a battle on two different fronts. And one of those fronts is our own backyard, you know. And so uh, in all of that, you know, uh, they are who they are. We know who they are. We know what their position is. That's fine. We'll deal with that. We'll get back to that. But the other part of the of the battle is our own yard. And the fact that we just can't always say things that's going to make us comfortable. The comfort zone that we allow us to be in, that's part of the problem also. For the, for the mother to say, not my child, I know my child won't do that, and go up to the school and want to be combative with the school teachers and all that. We got we got to start handling the truth. We got to know the truth when we hear it, or uh, or uh, uh, the church congregation. You know, you just can't preach to the church what 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 you think they want to hear. We got to start preaching the truth, so we can come out of this mess. And so going forward, I think that's where our strength lies, and our the strength is in the truth. So we can do some about our own uh, plight that we have in this world. Thank you. And we're just not putting our money where our mouth is. You know, we talk a good game, but there's no reason why we shouldn't have created and sustained an organization that every every person of color can go to in their time of need. We are just not doing the right thing or fighting the right war or putting our money in the right place. Something wrong about the fact that we don't have an organization that people like Shay can feel comfortable going to when her civil rights have been uh, taken advantage of. And until we do that, till we create an organization that white America is fearful of, we will always be at their mercy. Well, very true, James. And uh, so I hope uh, somebody of uh, – of positioning is listening because, um, you know, uh, we can't continue to fat cat around and, uh, and hope things, and hope things get better. You know, when, uh, I, I want to say this real quick about Kanye West, you know, uh, you know, uh, what Kanye West said was just red meat for the base, for, for that base. Uh, you know, Kanye West was trying to get back in their good graces. You know, especially what he did, what he did to Taylor Swift, uh, he was on White America's hit. So for him to say what he did, they were just trying to get back in their good graces. And so we got to start caring by our own graces. You know, let's start doing the things that we need to do. Get on Facebook, get on social media, 
And when we post something, we got to make sense. We got to make sense, keep it short for microwave generation because they can't, their attention, we can't hold their attention long. So we got to make a good point while we got their attention. I want to just thank all of you for your continued support. We'll be here tomorrow at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Thoughts, love, and reflection. I look forward to talking with you. Remember to call in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear. And don't let them fall by the side of the road And teach them to love one another That heaven might find a place their heart Jesus is love He won't let you down and I know